Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. My name is Gary. And this is Mike. And this is Daniel. Hi, guys. Are you ready? For, are you ready for something fun? I am we ready are. for a fantastic topic. Let's okay. do it. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between helping somebody and enabling somebody. Um, I think that there's a couple great applications to this conversation. Uh, we could talk a little bit about how you might mentor somebody, mm-hmm. how you might sponsor somebody. Um, those ideas come to my mind, yes. But we also want to figure out how we're going to avoid enabling somebody or becoming codependent or causing harm, okay? Because there, I think at times it can be a very fine line. Right. And I think, I think that some people struggle with the tough love aspect of knowing when to say when and what that might look like. So that's kind of the direction that I would like to go. I think it's a fantastic uh, topic, and I think it's timely. All right. I think in my own experience, I, uh, I've been on both sides of that line, no question about it. Sort of the tough love experience as well as, mm-hmm. yeah. as, well as and uh, I think, doing all their work. <laughs> I, think, I think we've all um, had the opportunity to sponsor and to mentor right. a little bit and help some people work through some stuff. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first thought that I want to share, and then we'll just see where it goes, sure. is... I was told very early when, when, um, you know, Shane, our counselor, he, he said, Gary, you're, you're to the point now where you need, you need to sponsor somebody. You need to start giving back. He says, but I want you to remember, he says, before you set out to help anybody, you cannot care more or work harder than they do. Okay. Which is a profound principle. Yes. He says, he says, if you try and you'll be tempted to, you will burn out says you can't work harder or care more than they do about their recovery. The other thing that he told me that was also very helpful, he says you get zero credit for their successes and you take zero responsibility for their failures. So He's a pretty profound counselor. You yeah, should keep him around. I know, right? Yeah, he's, so, he's a good one. What do you guys think? I think I've experienced both. I think uh, yeah. I think very early on in my recovery, I think I... I uh, one of the one of the things right off the bat that I'd always hoped that uh, that a sponsee would do would check in regularly, check in every day, whatever the case may be. And what I found was is that they don't do that. And so uh, I'd reach out. I'd start reaching out every day, like, look, you know, hey, how's it going? What's going on? And started to realize pretty quickly that I'm working a lot harder than they were working. And I think that, uh, and I think he's right, spot on. You do burn out pretty quickly, or you're you are you fill your addiction void with your new addiction, which is recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you experience that as well, and that can't last forever. It just simply can't. Well, I mean, it's kind of the opposite, going from selfish to so selfless that we're trying to overcompensate. Exactly. And so I think that's where we burn out, and not only that, you know, um, we have to have boundaries, really. And if you're constantly, you know providing that information to those individuals and caring more than they do they're not learning they're not growing and you're you're overindulging and falling into another trap sure sure 
The reverse of that also is is that uh, uh, I, in some cases I take a very hands-off approach, um, and I I I'm starting to realize now that uh, that perhaps if I don't in if I don't engage to some extent that they sort of lose their way as well, mm. and I'm not sure what so I'm I'm this is a this is a timely conversation because I'm not sure I know exactly where that fine line is. Well, I think it's a balancing act. I think you're right, and I think it changes. Well, person it's to person. different from person to person, but I also think it changes as the person's reco- as the person grows in their recovery. I think that's probably yeah, true you know, as well. I think I think that there's a little bit more time and attention needed in the beginning, yes. particularly when we when because I think recovery is a skill that you learn, right. and if you don't know how, you need somebody to show you. Right. You know. Here's the danger of the the difficult part of the steps. I don't want to say the danger, but the difficulty of the steps. We start off with a step one, which is very sponsor sponsy involvement. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's an intense process to get that right. You're, you may be one of the very first persons that, as a sponsor, that your sponsee chooses to share their first step with. You work through them with that. You're there for them emotionally because it's a, typically a draining process. It's very, very difficult. And then we move quickly into steps two and three, of which I've always taken the approach of you know, I think I'm just going to watch this one from the sidelines because I want you to be able to define for yourself what your higher power is rather than me sort of influencing that. And what I find is, is because steps in two and three, you know, there are there are plenty of examples out there, uh, Russell Brand being one of those, who his step two and three experience is nothing more than a sentence long and away he goes. Yeah. Uh, my step two and three were months, mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. months, months. Mm-hmm. And I think to do it right, I think it takes some time. I do believe it takes some time. And so consequently, um, if, I take, if I take the time off as a sponsor to step out of their life for steps two and three, it's what I'm experiencing is it's really difficult to sort of rein, to, to come back together mm-hmm. at step four. That's been my experience so far. So I, I, I'm not sure I necessarily know the answer to that. I'm, I'm working through that even in my own experience because it is difficult I do believe there has to be some contact that goes on through step two and three, but I don't want to. I don't want to overshadow what they experience in that. I think that there needs to be a conversation when somebody approaches you and says, "Will you be my sponsor?" I think you're right, and I think you need to say, "Okay, what do you think that? What does that mean to you? What do you, you know?" And give them an opportunity to say, "Well, these are my thoughts. These are my, you know, mm-hmm. what I hope to get out of that." And then, then you in turn get to say, "All right, well, this is what." This that is, works or it doesn't work for yeah, me. This is this is and then this is what I'm going to need mm-hmm. from you. Yeah. You know, you talked about borders or not borders, boundaries. boundaries. Same you thing. Talked about boundaries. You know, boundaries. Boundaries are those wonderful things. They're the parameters that allow relationships to work. I mean, if you stop mm-hmm. and think about it, any relationship that you have, significant or just a complete stranger, you have boundaries, and those boundaries. Um, whether they're explicitly discussed or just kind of a social kind of contract. Uh, it's how we function, how those relationships can function. Mm-hmm. Y- you know what I mean? Exactly. And so those need to be well-defined and they need to be understood in order for it to work. And to a certain degree, they need to be a little bit malleable as things change yeah, or grow. Sure. You know? um, so one one boundary that I, I always make very clear is like, you know, I'm not going to do anything for you that you can do yourself, you know, <laughs> sure. and I want to get you to the point where you can do it all yourself. Right. You, you know what I mean? Um, I also think, 
I, well, again, the piece, the piece that, um, that comes to me, I can't care more or work harder than you do. Okay. And that, that manifests itself in so many different sure. ways. I can't tell you how many people I've come across in the recovery process that are interested in, Hey, you found some, you found some peace in this. You found some recovery in this. You found some, some, something that works for you. Tell me how you did it. You know, and, and that's always a difficult challenge. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you what I went through. Uh, but you're a different experience. You're a different mm-hmm. animal. You've got to figure your own. Th- you got to figure your own shit out. Mm-hmm. It's just I can't. I can't recreate for you something that worked for me. Um, and I, they just have to understand that. Like I, you can't walk my path and come up with the same results. You're a different. You're a different human. Well, and you don't want to rob them of the experience no. of that self-discovery either. You know, it, it's um, they people own it so much more if if they work for it and they earn it. And they work yeah. through it. So, you you yeah. know, I, I can give an answer, you know, I can, I can give an answer, but it usually doesn't stick. Correct. You, you know what I mean? Or it's not appreciated. Yeah. And I've actually had to have that conversation a few times and somebody's just not getting it. Says, and I've said, okay, I'm going to tell you the answer. I says, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going to appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, it says, I says, this is what we're trying to accomplish by doing this. Mm-hmm. Now go try it again. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, uh, I've so appreciated a comment. We had a, we had a check in here a week or so ago in our Sage three groups that, mm-hmm. uh, that a line has just stuck with me, uh, for, for at least a month now. And, uh, I love it. The concept is just absolutely spot on the person making the, 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 the quote. And of course our counselor was sharing this. He says, uh, if I see a path clearly, it's obviously not my own. And I think that is so absolutely spot on truth. If I think about that, I can think about your recovery path and tell you exactly what it is that you need to do to go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but my own path, well, my own path is fraught with much more tur- turbulent pathway and, and work besides that. Yeah. It's, it's not my path if I can see it so crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really profound. I've loved that comment. And I think sometimes in our in our sponsoring and mentoring experience that we're 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 constantly working back and forth on on are we doing too much? Are we not doing enough? Whatever the case may be. And I I think sometimes we think to ourselves, I can so clearly see what you need to go do. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you see it? And, and the, the tendency is to jump in and do that for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the very fine line that we're talking about. Exactly. You know, where does helping and an enabling start? Because it, it's really easy to step over. It, oh, it, yes. It's like a very razor-thin edge right. of, of a line. And, you know, a lot of it, it, it takes time of, you know, having them think the, think it through, asking them questions instead of giving them the answer. Um, you know, I even see this with even my own kids, you know, not, not even in the, the realm of sponsor and sponsee, just with my kids. Cause if I give them the answer, they, they have it, but I'm going to be, you know, if they come home with that same math problem next week, they're not going to know the answer. I'm going right. to have to go through the same steps with them. Um, but if I help them get to that answer by them working through it and just kind of giving a little bit of a course correction here or there, you know, cause they're like, Oh, three plus seven is eight i'm like is it really is it really eight and they 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 work through that and then they finally get to seven it's like yep that's the right answer the next time that comes home they'll do that um but if i did it and like no that's seven then 
it, it's not the same. And I think it kind of is the same way with our, our, our sponsees or even anyone that you're trying to help. If you give them the answer, it's not going to sink in that, that effort and that, that work, you know, kind of back to, you know, when we were talking about the ninth step problems, that painstaking effort right. isn't there. And so it just, it doesn't sink in. Right. Interesting stuff. I think, I think a, a good defining I think a good line in the sand between enabling and helping somebody is if I'm helping them, I've got to be willing to let them fail if they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to rescue them. Right. I want to, uh, I want to coach them. And that's a, that's a really critical point because I think sometimes that we own them mm-hmm. and their circumstance which means we own their successes and we take and we're not supposed and we to take that. responsibility for their failures, and that's the piece I think that uh, we're missing. If we if we step away from that and say, "Look, this is your this is your path, this is your shit, this is your success, this is your failure, um, and and this is your recovery," and if I'm if I'm owning that, mm-hmm. if I if I don't know where I end and you begin, kind of a concept, then. Uh, then we feel that when somebody relapses, it's painful and it hurts. And yeah. we, we experience that as though it's our own. And that's where we're way too invested. So I'll give you, I'll give you a simple example. Um, you guys have mentored in the group therapy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and you know the answers that the mm-hmm. therapist is looking for. Oh, yeah. You know. And then, you know, you have to watch as they look like deer in the headlights as they're trying to work it over and stumble and, and listen to their, you know, the painful responses, the same painful responses you made when you were sure on that side of the table. Right. But you have to let them get it. You have to yeah, let them get struggle with and, it. Yeah. and I remember, I remember very clearly giving what I thought was my best thoughts and my best answer. And now <laughs> that's wrong. It's like, Oh, that was so Oh, I was so embarrassed and I was so, it was just, it was hard. It was like, eh, you know, and so I can see that and I can, you know, sometimes you can see, oh, you're, no, don't say, oh, you said that, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, but you can't, and you know, we're often counseled in that group stuff. Don't rescue them. You know, right. yeah. you know, you're always telling them, don't, you know, let him answer. Don't rescue him. Don't rescue him. Let him, let him, because speaking, speaking is really just another way of thinking. You have to be able to, to mm-hmm. speak when you think and, and to work through that kind of stuff. And that's a process that you have to learn how to do. And if you just answer for them, you know, they're not going to get to go through that process. Right. You know, I believe there's a maturity to this to some mm-hmm. extent, a genuine sort of ripening and maturing, if you will, of, of what, what we experience. And so, we may start off initially in our first experiences of mentoring or sponsoring of wanting to answer everything mm-hmm. for them to a point now at some point in time where you listen, you know full well what it is that the, you know, either the counselor is working towards or what the step is asking. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I probably know what the answer to that is, but I'm not going to share it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it, it's a process. <laughs> they need to get to it themselves. because, yeah. And so there really is a maturity that goes along with that. And I think... I think that uh, uh, the the rescuing piece of it. I was a big time rescuer very early on, yeah. and now I'm a, I'm a horrible I'm a horrible mentor sponsor <laughs> because I don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a process. It's a, it's a, it's maturity. It is. I mean, I, I know, yeah. you know, I, I'm mentoring Sage One again this time around, and it's vastly different from the first time. I mean, I remember Shane calling me out like, why are you rescuing him again? Yeah. Why are you doing that? And this time I'm just sitting there. You know, I'm just smiling. My arms are, are folded, and I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for someone to give an answer out. You know, and then after the guys have answered, and I can definitely tell no one else is jumping in, then I'll, I'll produce an answer, you know, and, you know, there's, even this time around, there's once, you know, Shane's like, okay, what is the final rule? And I'm like, um, clean up your mess because your mom don't live here. And he's like, no, that's not right. <laughs> it's become biologically prepared. I'm like, I thought that was just a given. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a good opportunity for, for Shane to jump in and say, see, even the mentors don't know everything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's okay to jump out and throw an answer out because it may not be right, but it, you're still trying. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And I think, I think that's something else. When you, when, you, when you step forward to help somebody and you, you realize, you know, you, to a certain extent, 12, the 12th step, you need, you need to do something. Yes. You need mm-hmm. to help somebody. You need, you need to put yourself out there. You yeah. need to give back. So it's something that you, you need to do. But just like everything else, it's a skill and it takes time to learn. Yeah, it does. You know, and, and the first go around is not going to be like, it's going to have bumps and bruises. Yeah. I found that in just about every phase of this though. I I remember thinking to myself that, uh, when we talk about the topic of disclosure, it's sort of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Where do I share my story? Um, am I sharing my story in a disclosure methodology thinking that somehow, some way that's going to help this other person? But in fact, maybe it does its, it does more harm. And I, I experienced that to some extent with my own children, uh, with one of my daughters uh, who was going through a similar mess. And, and uh, I thought that by me sharing, um, and it's really turned out to be quite a wedge. Now, maybe down the road, it's going to be more positive than it is. But that was a very painful moment and painful realization for her to realize, hey, I've, I've now lost my husband and now my father at the same time in terms of this relationship stuff. So... There's a maturity that goes along with that. What's the motivation behind our sharing? Mm-hmm. And I think we have to understand that when we're when we're mentoring or working with anybody, and that is, is what's the why behind the why or the motivation mm-hmm. about why would I share this comment? Yeah. Because letting somebody struggle through their own stuff for a little bit is really powerful mm-hmm. for them, just like it was for us, just like it was for us. And so understanding that why behind the why is, is relevant. Mm-hmm. And there's also sometimes where you can tell that they're very blind to the situation and you do have to speak up clearly you know, and say, sure. you know, um, you know, one situation, one of my sponsees has been struggling with his wife for a while, um, and, you know, with, with her weight. And then I just had to say, dude, she's pregnant. That's a, that's a given. It's going to happen. So why, you know, what's what's the benefit or what's the point behind you focusing on that which helped kind of turn some things around you know and then there was another instance where it came out that you know his wife's family uh was very controlling regarding her upbringing of her kids and you know and he's always had this difficulty where you know she's kind of gotten on his case when he's tried to come in and help yes he's coming from a place of help but in that moment, I'm like, wow, isn't that a gift? And he's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, now you know why she, you know, just it, like slams a wall between you and her when you try to offer help. 
this is just like her, her parents, her family. Right. And he's like, oh my gosh, like the light bulb finally came in on that moment. Yeah. So sometimes there's, it, that wasn't, in my opinion, enabling. It was just kind of like helping him see something. Mm-hmm. And then he took on from there. No, I think you need to take the opportunity to point some of those things out. In fact, um, uh, Shane has very often said, okay, this is coming down the road. And when it happens, be mindful of this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when he came to see me in the, in the hospital after, after the car accident, he said, he said, I want you to think about how you're, what you're going through right now and compare that to when you tried to take your life and mm-hmm. see what comes of it. Wow. You know, and, and that was great. Yeah. You know, that was, that was monumental. Um, I think, I think you need to really know when it's okay to say, man, that really sucks. Cause yeah. some, you know, cause sometimes you need to give a little bit of, a little bit of empathy. And sometimes you can say, I got to think of how to say this in a clever way. So it's funny. Sometimes you have to know when to say, man, that sucks. And sometimes you have to know when to say, man, you suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Just, just a slight nuance difference there, but yes, but, but the point no, is miles apart. Sure. <laughs> you, you, but you see what I'm saying? I do. I, I mean, do. I've had, I've had people who, um, that I've sponsored who, who I feel like you're not really checking in. You just want me to feel sorry for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that. And then there have been other times like, no, that I need to feel sorry. For I you. need, I need to, I need to share this burden with you because that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it can be challenging to know when that is and, and, or, you know, how to balance that I, out. I think that's a sponsor's responsibility to call someone out on their bullshit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's uh that's just a given when, uh, when, when, when you're hearing the rhetoric and thinking to yourself, what? Where did that even come from? That's not even in the realm of normal. What's going on there to, to call that out and say, "Look, you're, I don't, your mind's yeah. out there." And I think that's the responsibility of a sponsor. I think it's also the responsibility of a sponsor to be, as you pointed out, you know, you've had a, you've had a rough go here, and I need to be, I need to be, there for you. I mm-hmm. need to be part of all of that and help you and sustain you during that period of time because that's that's, and those are very much part of this you know, rescuing versus mm-hmm. helping. And I think that's relevant. I think that's absolutely relevant. In a mentoring situation with a counselor sitting in the room, um, I'm finding that I actually have less and less responsibility. The counselor does a great job of pulling out what it is he's looking for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and allowing the the participants to get out of it what it is that they're looking for, uh, what it is that they need. And I think that's fantastic because that's, that's his role. That's his responsibility. I think oftentimes I ended up being just sort of the example. This is what not to do. <laughs> Let me tell you about Mike and his experiences, and this is what not to do kind of a thing. And that, and that in itself served a purpose. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of that, I think, is the helping side of things. Anytime we're inserting ourselves into someone else's life sufficiently that we're actually doing more than they're doing, we're in the wrong. We're going to be in the wrong, particularly in this topic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, definitely when you're inserting yourself so far in that, you know, um, I mean, for example, you know, uh, in the past when I was giving my half efforts, you know, my ex was definitely more invested than I was. Right. And she burned out. She got upset. She was definitely more angry, you know, because I wasn't giving the same amount of effort as her. But had she not been in that position, things may have been different right um 
but uh, you know, I get the pain, you know, and you get frustrated because it's like, well, why can't you just see it? Why can't you take the few extra steps to catch up with me? It's like the path is right there in front of you, but we're wandering around in this fog. You can't see more than a foot in front of us. Um, and it's just because of, you know, the chaos that we've created, you know, our own mindsets, which are definitely negative in nature. And so it's, it's not easy getting out of that place and you have to kind of help them along or teach them how to get out of that mindset, that negative thinking to finally start seeing that path. Right. But if you let them, you know, if you show them the way by dragging them along, they're definitely not going to learn that. They'll resent you for it. And then they'll resent you. I mean, that's definitely, that's something that I I came to be. I mean, I resented uh, her a lot because it was like, I'm, I'm doing my best here. You know, but it's never good enough where really it wasn't my best. It's what I thought was, but, you know, I could have definitely done better. But I built up that resentment, and then I started blaming. But you you didn't have to do your best because she was doing it for you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing is instead of me having to get to there, you know, she was dragging me along. And so I didn't have to put that effort because I knew, even though I was resentful of it, Mm -hmm. she would get me to that point. Throw me a bone here. Right? Yeah. Kind of a yeah. Thing. yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Interesting. It's been fun listening to your stories about all this because it is, there's a lot of experience at this table in terms of mentoring and sponsoring and, and how we walk that path because it is, and, I, and I've got to tell you from my own experience, there are days I'm really, I think I'm doing a better job than I am. And mm-hmm. then there are other days I'm not even in the game. It's yeah. really that sort of, op, it's, it's you, that clear that have you noticed that when you think you're doing a, a good job your sponsor probably thinks you're doing a terrible <laughs> job <laughs> i have and, noticed that and it's like man i'm just really dropping the ball over everywhere and they're like i've never thought of it that way yeah no i mean there's even times yeah. where i'm just like you know I, i'm having a bad day today i'm probably not going to be on my a game so if if i give you some advice that just isn't like what you normally uh, expect from me just realize you know i have bad days too right you know, right. and the, there are some days that, yeah, I'm just, I'm not there. And it's always better for me to put that up front than to screw, you know, say something and then they get all angry and upset with yeah. me. I think a, a great indicator of where we're at is how we emote when we hear the news. I remember, um, and there, I'll use an example. I remember a sponsee calling me one time indicating they'd relapsed. And I've had that happen a time or two, but in some cases I was angry and in other times, I, other times I was very empathetic. And what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd like to think it was I responded to each one individually in their own circumstance, and they got what they needed, sort of speak. And I don't believe that's true. I think more than anything, it's where I was at. Mm-hmm. It's a sense of in this particular case where I got angry, it's because I was, I was too invested in their recovery, and so I felt the pain of their loss uh, deeply. It mm-hmm. cut deeply. The other times when I think I shared empathy, it was because I realized that, look, this is your path. This is your walk. And these kinds of things happen. And the empathy side of that came out in a way of saying, look, you've experienced something very traumatic here. Uh, Clearly, you and your spouse are are dealing with this in a very negative way, and it's Mm going to be hard. I would suggest you you do some self-care. Take care of yourself and do a variety of different things. And that has has engendered a tremendous amount of, of connection. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but in some cases, when when I'm when I'm present in that way, mm-hmm. it's entirely different. It's entirely different, and I think that's one of the key components of understanding that that line. 
that delicate line. So just a thought I had. That's a good one. Yeah. No, that's a really good one. You know what? You do have those wonderful moments, though. Yeah. Oh, there are some good moments. One of my one of my favorites, quite honestly, is is we were pretty, you were pretty early in your recovery, Mike, and and you we were having a phone call conversation or something, and you were just going off and off, and I just remember saying, "Oh, I think it's so cute that you think you can get rid of me that easily." <laughs> I'm so glad I never had one of those moments with Gary. <laughs> It was one of those moments where I, uh, uh, from a sponsee's perspective, I was so sick and tired of having a, a sponsor who has in, injected himself into my life. And I, I'd relapsed. It was a difficult time. I was wallowing in self-pity mm-hmm. and frustration and anger. And uh, uh, I, I remember the day distinctly. <laughs> I was driving at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I was you know, like, look, we're not going to have this conversation while I'm driving. I'm not going to text. But I do remember getting the response back of, Oh, I think that's so clever and cute that you think that I'm just going to go away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I had really sort of sent the sent the message that, look, now is not the time. I'm not in the space. I'm not in the mood. I do not want to talk to you. Yeah. And uh, he was not to be uh, not to be <laughs> dissuaded in any sway in any way. And uh, that way it ended up being a great conversation. We finally settled into it. But uh, yeah. But and I needed that. I did need that. Yeah, that was one of those. That was one of those. Uh, oh yeah, that was one of those tender mercies, one of those God moments. I, I'm not, I can't really take credit for that because I just, oh, I'm just not going to let you do that. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I mean, mine was very similar with my sigh every time you'd call me, and I like do how, that. Yeah, how many times are yeah. we going to start the? Yeah, you know, and, and I realized that was me being in that victim place. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, life is just horrible. You know, kind of the Eeyore conversation, mm-hmm. but that eventually did go away. Cause yeah, like, yeah one of these days, I'm going to call you, and that you're just not going to do that. And it <laughs> stopped. It, it eventually got to that point. So it was not quite the same, but it was definitely similar. Similar, yeah. yeah. That was, oh, the Gary stories we could <laughs> it's, tell. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I think, I think you guys, it's rewarding. It's good. And it's good for me. When I when I do my twelfth step, it's good for you guys too. I'm sure that you could. It is, yeah, it is. I, as I as I think through my own experiences and working with others, I think it is as well. Do you know when I've had those moments where it's like, ah, oh, I didn't think that I would ever be able to participate in something like that. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it's also like, oh, I never want to go back there again. <laughs> I'm just gonna gonna go redouble my efforts you know kind of a thing well this reminds me of i believe it's a swedish proverb okay so as you guys go out to help somebody whether you're a sponsor or a friend uh, whatever capacity you choose remember just remember a couple things you can't care more or work harder than they do Mm -hmm. um and you have to know where they end and you begin. Right. You know, but I'm, I'm reminded of this Swedish proverb, and it says that a, uh, a, a sorrow shared is a sorrowed haft, and a joy shared is a joy doubled. I remember that. Yeah, I like that. I, I do too. I like that, and 
anyway, go out and change the world. That's a that's a great thought to end on. Yes. So. All right, guys. This is Gary saying, "Do the next right thing." This is Mike saying, "Doing the work, ne- do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring." And this is Daniel saying, "Find the humility in your recovery." Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at Twelfth Step Podcast at gmail.com. That is one two T H step podcast at gmail.com as a fellowship of recovering addicts sex addicts anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction check out saa-recovery.org